Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Movies for Breakfast, the podcast. We all have t-shirts now. We are really super legit. As always, I am joined by Anna Bryant, James Kreas, two people with mud on their faces, big disgraces. Guys, how are you? Doing yeah. fantastic, Trent. Those t-shirts feel like so long ago. Are you actually feeling fantastic, or are you just saying you're feeling fantastic? I'm just saying I'm feeling fantastic. That's a little Honestly, sad, James. I'm a, li- I'm a little sleepy, if we're being honest here. <laughs> Well, you guys are going to have to wake up and channel the energy of Freddie Mercury on stage because today we are talking about Bohemian Rhapsody. James, real quick, how much money has it made? I read that it has been doing exceptionally well at the box office, but not as well uh, with critics. Yeah, this movie, um, let me check real quick. But like you said, it's definitely more towards the it's capturing fans. It's capturing the hearts of young and old fans alike. What's yeah, because you have rated? the people that grew up doing PG-13, this. I think, right? Yeah. Or no, it's rated R. It has to be rated R because it's No, it's, P- it's PG-13. Wait, it is? Yeah. Wow. That's surprising. I didn't even think about that going in because I typically don't anymore, but <laughs> that is surprising. Yeah, so this, this movie I thought it was R. About... There were two teenage girls sitting next to me, and I was like, did these girls sneak in? But then throughout the whole movie, toward the, well, toward the end of the movie... It had been such a PG-13 story that I was like, oh, this must be PG-13. Yeah, I guess that's true. There's no, like, <laughs> graphic sex or... I don't even think they actually show him using drugs. They just show, like, no. cocaine on a plate. <laughs> that could be, that could be uh, sugar. They don't even show, like, any sexual encounters. Yeah, they just do, like, these very... Cl- they think they're clever sort of... I don't want to say, like, montages, but, like, very flashy, like cinematography stuff suggestive. yeah 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 suggestive which honestly i thought was bad storytelling yeah yeah we're gonna get to that we're gonna get to that james how much money okay, are we sorry, talking sorry here? guys i'm jumping the gun <laughs> okay okay let's, let's 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 talk about money what hollywood cares about so the production budget was 52 Ooh. million really and that's it it that's not yeah. that i mean that's not that big of a budget that's surprising and it's already made more than 100 million. shouts to the members of queen that are still kicking yeah, like opening Tell week, money. it the opening week it like almost made it back its whole budget, mm. like fifty one million. Yeah, it definitely seems to be a time for music biopics. It's it seems that we're in that phase because we got to Elton is, John. Is there is it. there like a wrong time for it? Uh, like, I just feel like I, I can't remember music. the last one that I saw in theaters. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I don't know. Well, you know, worldwide, this is doing. Pretty well, good. They were a big band. I mean, they were very, very famous. Yeah. Um, For obvious I reasons. I know some people that have apparently seen it three times already. What? Wow. Are they just big Queen fans? I guess so. I mean, you have to be because the movie is not something I would well, see three times. I mean, I'd watch it on television, the movie, but... The movie is just an album. All right. Well... Okay, okay. James, go ahead. Real quick. So, I want to start by saying I agree with you that. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to Trent about it. I was like, I don't know if I like this movie or it's the music that's making me like it. Because like while I'm watching it, I'm like, huh, I'm like, yeah, feeling the music. Mm, yeah, I agree. But it seems like we're chomping at the bit. So let's get right into it. Bohemian Rhapsody movie review. And now our feature presentation. All right. Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, the PG-13. <laughs> Uh, a chronicle of the years leading up to Queen's legendary appearance at Live Aid concert 
1985. Director was Brian Singer, but there was also another director that came in and stepped in because Brian Singer was having little issues on production. Wait, is that Brian Singer like the X-Men director, Brian Singer? Yes. And uh, Troubles, are you referring to the sexual assault allegations that he has been under for years now? Or is it something else? I believe it's Okay. And then also, he was very unprofessional. Well, um, that seems to make sense. Seems to go, uh, it seems to, you know, fit the narrative of him as a person. Allegedly, of course. I don't know him, obviously. So, I know he had some, him and Rami Malek. Which is, you know... The star. Freddie Mercury in this movie. Mm-hmm. They had some disagreements and everything. Oh, that's fine. That happens with an artist. So, yeah. It's starring Rami Malek, Lucy Boyman, William Lee. Okay. Ben Hardy. Yeah, just a bunch of other names. It's a bunch of now. guys that are vaguely familiar from other stuff, I think. But are... Yeah, not household yeah. names. Yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently Robert De Niro was one of the producers on this movie, which is, maybe he's like a huge Queen fan, <laughs> which I would love to see, like, just Robert De Niro on the street listening to, like, humming it, a Queen song. That'd be fantastic. If I had known that that was the description of this movie, I would have been less surprised that we watched the entire 20-minute Live Aid concert at the end. Wasn't the entire 20-minute Live Aid concert. It was about 15... It was like, what, 12 to 15 minutes of it, oh, I think. Oh, so they, they left out here one timing song. It. No, they cut out two. They cut, <laughs> they cut out a pretty little thing called Love, and they cut out We Will Rock You. I think those are the two that they cut out. Yeah, yeah, because they did it earlier in the movie, and so it would be repetitive to do it again. Uh, I mean, they did... <laughs> and then the other... Story Storytelling. That, that's real movie making right there. Yeah. Well, let's get into the movie. Uh, I think I want to start with the good <laughs> news first, or the good stuff first, and... It, one, I thought it was enjoyable enough to watch in a theater. I think some of the set pieces are really interesting. I may just be a sucker for 70s rock and roll, but it did seem uh, like a pretty... Like, there were some pretty things in this movie. Uh, and Remy Malik's performance was exceptional, I thought, as Freddie Mercury. With I mean, they didn't really do a lot. So they left a lot to be desired as far as depth of this human being uh, who was pretty deep. They didn't really go far enough, in my opinion. But I guess they just didn't want to ruffle any feathers for anyone. It, James, you you compared it to the Straight Outta Compton biopic. I guess that's the last music biopic, by the way, since I asked earlier, um, that I've seen in theaters. But you compared it to that because it just didn't do enough digging d- deep for you. Well, for that one, like, as in the case of this... Um, band members or members heavily of the involved group are heavily involved still alive so they don't want to come off bad you could tell like the band members in Bohemian Rhapsody felt very sugar coated other than Freddie uh, really, the they same. kind of it's very interesting there are some things that are factually inaccurate about this movie that kind of make him look worse than he should look even though it's pretty cream puffy well, and I don't feel that this movie gave us, like, any insight that people didn't have before. Like, you didn't get to know any of the characters particularly well. It felt like... Um, Are you talking about the other band members or... Everybody. Just Freddy, too. All of them. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, we it don't didn't go into depth on any of them. Um, you don't understand their motives, their relationships. It it was just a celebratory biopic. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I told Trent like after I saw this movie. Like, yeah, I saw it. It made me like want to listen to the music, like relive it. But also, I was just like. Well, I want to know more about Freddie Mercury. It feels like I didn't really... I saw it, but I didn't really know a whole lot about him. I feel like we will get... Maybe not soon now because this movie came out, but I feel like at some point he'll get his own movie where it'll be like... Like, sort of Ray style. It'll be like a three-hour movie about him growing up. Well, and this sort of... Et cetera, et cetera. Because you, because you can't come out with movies like that back-to-back, this honestly sort of felt like a waste. So, yeah, you're disappointed. You think that that movie should have happened, not this one. I think this movie, like, it didn't have to be that movie. This movie just could have been better. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I I do, like, again, though, I do want to say Rami Malek's performance as Freddie Mercury is pretty damn good. Especially because you have to create that sort of crazy atmosphere that Freddie Mercury brought to the stage. And I imagine that was uh, daunting. But isn't that sort of what... Isn't that sort of what Rami Malek does best? Like, yes, I thought I thought he was good. I think he's a good actor, but I don't think he did anything here that he hasn't channeled in other roles. I've only really seen him in Mr. Robot, which is more, is a more subdued character. I mean... Mm-hmm. He also played sort of like... Um, so he was in the Pacific uh, HBO miniseries, and he played sort of like a wild guy in that, too. Yeah, I haven't seen that, so... I don't have any insight as far as the comparisons, but you you could totally be right. I wouldn't be surprised. James, what did you think about Remy Malek's performance? I mean, I'm kind of with Trent on this because yeah, I've him suck it in. I'm just like, I mean, take that to be like, it's not like, like, like take that like, Anna just, and Anna's mom. Yeah, y'all take that to the oh bank. <laughs> no, I mean, like it just reminds me how like. I've seen John Hamm as, you know, Mr. Madman, whereas everyone else I know has seen him in, like, goofy roles. You know, it, it's, it all depends. But, you know, a lot of people are already talking about Oscar uh, for this role. I don't know about that. And Anna's face says no. I don't no. think so. I don't think he's going to. I don't. I mean, maybe he'll get nominated. First off, but... that means he has to beat out William Defoe as Vincent Van Gogh. I haven't seen it. Have you seen it, Anna? No, but the trailers. Oh, okay. Really good. I just really like William Defoe. <laughs> I was no, like, how did Anna see it before us? But no, that looks really good. I am excited for it. I don't know how I'm going to deal with the shaky cam, but. I'm well, if Anna try. can handle it, you can handle it. You're not the one with motion sickness. Yeah, I'll just like close my eyes throughout doing, or I'll just and watch just it on hear my the laptop. Acting. So. <laughs> We, we we all have this sort of same complaint that we thought they should have done more. What kind of things would, did you think was left out that felt strange? Um, I feel his, like... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, James. I was just going to say his love life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's dating that... Quasi-dating the manager character for a good chunk of the film. But honestly, we don't get any peek into his, like, actual love life. They try to make some cinematic implications and then all of a sudden it's just like bam he has aids yeah 
Yeah, that it well, sort of just dropped. I mean, it's like a shoe you know is going to drop in the film because we all know how he passed away. But you're yeah. right that it's sort of, A, it happened suddenly, and B, we don't have the emotional buildup to where that's supposed... Like, it, it should mean way more than it does in the movie. Because, like, yeah. you're... The like the idea that this this artist is sort of and they and they do the well, tortured artist like arc and in this arc. day and age it just felt like to shy away from home like from homosexuality or bisexuality like what why would would you need to feel like you have to shy away from it in a movie these days because it's PG thirteen no, I'm just kidding what I um have read is that. I'm pretty sure that like the band members, the living band members had a lot of say in this movie, of course. And then they've said that they want it to be more about his music than his like sexuality. But, but I feel like it separate. wasn't about the music either. Like we got they yes, they sang a lot of songs, but we didn't exactly get a whole lot of why or feeling into the songs or story behind it. Yeah. It was like it was... snippets into these songs and lots of montages. Right. There was a lot of points where I was like, oh, this is kind of cool how they're coming up with this album using different materials to make a different sound. But once they start getting into album mode, it just felt like they just started to drop hit after hit after hit it was just a montage for like the no struggle <laughs> yeah i was just like whoa so and even good even the the part where where they're going back and forth on bohemian rhapsody like that part it just took me out a little bit because it, later on i learned something about that like that person, you know. So let's talk about that. Not that specifically. Oh, there's a bad echo, guys. Can someone? So I don't know what happened. James, is your headphone next to your mic? No, this one's broken. Oh, like this one's. Broken. Oh, okay. That's weird. It's it's gone. It's gone. Um. Okay, I just turned it. I said, what was I say? Uh. Okay, so James, you mentioned some inaccuracies let's talk about that because it seems like they sort of pile up especially toward the end um if you didn't know anything about queen like i didn't you'd be like oh this is really wow this just all happens and so fast and then you look it up and you're like oh because it didn't actually happen all fast and a lot of it is bullshit that is created to make it dramatic but i don't even know if they needed to do that if they would just took the time and actually used real life stuff it would have still been dramatic it seems like they just, especially the Live Aid. So this movie is basically built around this Live Aid performance, which is a historically <laughs> great concert, sure. But like, they didn't have to like add all this bullshit to it, which is what they decided to do to make it even more like of a climax. Or, okay, here here goes the Anna laughing. Anna, I totally like agree with you that they. They show the whole concert, like, it was way too long at the end. Well, and this might be a spoiler, but I feel like nothing of it. I mean, it's hard to spoil a, a biopic, honestly. But so there's this scene right before Queen goes on for the Live Aid, 
And the guys at Live Aid are like, not a single dollar has come in. Yeah, there's a and lot of Wild Queens performing. So they're like, we've hit over a million. Okay, I'm not even. Gonna, I don't even. We'll we'll say we'll we'll do uh, from now on. Spo- spoiler alert. Although I don't know how long this is gonna go. No, no, no it's no, fine. Like, it's fine. Let's, let's, let's just talk about us. it. Let's just talk about. We let's just... just talk about the phoniness of this of the scene. It's ridiculous. It's so unrealistic. It feels unrealistic when you're watching it. So a. You're led to believe that they have never, like, they haven't performed in a long time, and then all of a sudden they're able to just boom, knock this out of the park. But that's not it. Not only does that happen in the scope of a day, Freddy finds his life partner <laughs> out of nowhere. Oh there's, my God! There's yes. no effort into the search. He just finds him. Uh, or I guess we're led to believe it happens off screen. So he, he's like, I've been looking at phone books for a yeah, whole so he year. Finds him one, yeah, he finds him. Same day as Live Aid. Be my parents right before my Live Aid. Comes. Then he takes them, takes this man that he has had one long conversation with. I mean, I'm not going to belittle their relationship. Apparently they were actually like in a relationship for the rest of his life. Yes, but this movie, movie belittled it. It did. It made up. it seem ridiculous. So then he gets this guy and he takes him to his parents' house and essentially comes out to his parents. This is all the same day as the Live Aid performance. All on the same day. <laughs> and then he's like, all right, Bob and Dad, well, I got to go work. Have not supported him at all yeah. up to this. Which is the, that's the story of the movie, in my opinion. <laughs> like, the story that is not told is his relationship with his family and why he wanted to be a performer. There get... are a lot of stories I feel like weren't told, though. Like, sure. they, brushed, they brushed past his sexuality. They brushed past his racial identity. Yeah. Like, they just brush on them, and they never dive into it. They don't explain why he wants to change his name. They don't explain... Yeah. They don't explain why or what his upbringing was like that made him, A, want to alienate his, like, you know, separate himself from his family, and B, I mean, they give you, like, hints at it, but they don't really dig deep enough, in my opinion, to make it feel emotional. It Mm -hmm. takes this complex character and makes him shallow. And they... And they also hint that the song Bohemian Rhapsody is about all this stuff, but they never actually address it at all. <laughs> like, he just gets a sad face whenever this guy sort of says the word, a word in the song wrong. Like, it's like a guy that James has, uh, is very, uh, James was annoyed by. So, yeah, because, like, there were a lot of stuff. Like, again, I didn't know anything about Queen, really. I mean, I knew their music, and I knew they were a legendary band. I knew Freddie Mercury is, like, one of the best performers by performers in music history. I mean, recorded music history. I don't know anything about 1500s people, but whatever, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, so like, all this stuff happens in a day. I'm like, okay, this seems ridiculous, but all right. And then also, like, he's having a bad week of practice, and the band's all nervous, like, oh, man, how how is it going to go? You know, will Freddie be able to sing these songs? And he just does it. I mean, I mean, I liked that callback, uh, structure like in narrative wise, like because he had mentioned something earlier in the film. But uh, I looked it up. Apparently, bullshit, all bullshit. <laughs> like they had been playing together for years. They had been touring. Apparently, they had toured in 1984, like late 1984, all the way through May of 1985, and Live Aid was like in July or something of 1985. They had been playing together. <laughs> they had been playing. It was it was all created. To make the movie feel dramatic, and I'm telling you that it wasn't necessary. It could have been dramatic anyway. Yeah. And also, I gotta say, I'm not Freddie Mercury or his family or whatever, 
but if I was Freddie Mercury and and I was alive and I saw this, I'd be pretty mad about some of the stuff that, like, <laughs> it makes him look like shit. Like, he went solo. He did go solo in real life, but apparently, like, two of the band members went solo before him. Like, they had had solo releases before him. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's that's another thing I learned, too. That's what I'm saying. I did like, my research, this man. It's only surface level, <laughs> but then it makes you want to do research. Apparently, like, the band never really broke up. They just had, like, oh, we're just going to have a little, like, put pause a little bit. Which is what bands do, do when they have great solo artists also. Like, it yeah, happens yeah. all the time. But then, like, they, they never, they've never broken up, technically. So I wonder if the band was so close. I mean, I guess the band was cool that as long as Freddie is the guy that looks like a dick. <laughs> like... Because apparently, like, the know. drummer and the drummer had a solo album first. Like, way before Freddie Mercury did. <laughs> and also, like, dropping I'm, bombs! I'm offended. And the guitar, <laughs> I know, right? It's, like, very strange. Like, the guy that, the most famous member and the one that, the one that can't speak for himself is the one that made to look like he broke up the band for, like, selfish greed or something. I mean, it's kind of in poor taste, almost. Because, like, you could have done that a little better. So, I wonder if any of the issues with this movie are because of the director having to be replaced a little I bit. I didn't know that, so it's possible. I had no idea that that happened. Um, so, okay, so here's here's kind of who, who replaced Brian Singer for a bit was director Dexter Fletcher. Uh, what movie did he... If you don't know who Dexter Fletcher is, he is currently the director of of rocket man the elton john Jeez, and he's doing two <laughs> yeah so does this mean rocket man's gonna be bad as well not not only bad but inaccurate although ellen although well, ellen john's alive we'll so see. i mean that might help right ellen john like i didn't do that it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah one for one elton john is still alive. and still performing so i sort of don't get that i do sort of wonder that when i see the trailer like why make this movie now oh the bohemian rhapsody one or Owen john Elton john like why oh, make man. it if he's still alive because i tell they uh it's been a, like it's he's still living story still going yeah it's been a few years i'm telling you since they had a music biopic season and now they're just pumping them out i guess it's time mm. well they're just like who else can we make a biop on yeah, I mean, we're, we, I mean, hey, Metallica's coming soon. We're only like uh, five or six years away from the Metallica biopic. Which will probably <laughs> not be accurate. <laughs> some kind of monster. Was some kind of monster a documentary? Or? I think it was like a mockumentary. Like it was like half real, half bullshit, half like for fun. I don't think it was real. I'm not sure though. Don't Don't quote me. I have no idea. I just, that's what I heard. So, so James, you think that the director change may have contributed to some of the uh, creative liberties with the truth? I feel like a little bit, yes. And also, like I said, they just needed to manufacture drama, which is stupid because it seems like this guy had a very dramatic life anyway, which is why I have to believe that in 15 years, they're going to just do a Freddie Mercury biopic. <laughs> well, you know how the person 
Sasha Barry Cohen was supposed to be Freddie Mercury. Oh, no, I didn't. That would have been interesting. So, so he wanted to do one more, like, more dramatic role, kind of kind of like what you guys want. Well, I just want mm-hmm. the truth or something close <laughs> to the truth. You can't handle the truth, Trent. <laughs> I mean, I understand that these biopics aren't going to be, like, extreme, like, pinpoint accurate because you have to tell a big story in a two-hour window, essentially. And you have to squeeze, like, 30 minutes of music in there. I understand that. But, like, for them to jam, like, ten life events into one day, it just feels, like, really silly. And it did come off as a plot dump. Like, just like, here. here's We're going to tie all these things together on this legendary performance. Like, it just all comes together magically, like, yeah. like this. And yeah. it's just, like, it, nice it just though. felt... Longest day ever. Yeah, I mean, like, or best day ever. <laughs> like, best day ever. Oh, also, I think that they said that he wasn't diagnosed with AIDS until 1987. Surprise! It's like two years after Live Aid. 1985. Oh. It's just like, this is bullshit. Like, I knew I didn't like this movie when we started the podcast, but now I'm just. When you start, the truth comes out. (laughs) We basically just debunked Bohemian Rhapsody. (laughs) Like, this movie is. Okay, so I will say it does. It's fun for the music. It's fun. It's fine. It's it's entertaining enough. I like the scenes where they're on stage. It's cool. <laughs> it's great. I like I like it because like, I like you can't the scenes where they sing. Yeah, because you can't you can't. There is no way I can there's watch. There's no plot. <laughs> there's no. They can't mess that up. Like not really because it's all previously recorded, and. I mean, you can't really watch a Queen concert in, like, high definition on a big screen because they're all old with granny footage. So, yeah, it's kind of fun to see it reenacted. That was my... I mean, of course those were my favorite parts of the movie. I also like some of the... Uh, well, also, it's not yeah. like they really challenged you throughout the rest of the movie to have other favorite parts. No, of course not. I was never challenged. <laughs> and neither was the band. The only person that faced any challenges was Freddie, and we didn't even really get to see them. So... Yeah, they were all like, well, no, we, we saw I them. Mean, they were just all wrapped up in yeah, a bow yeah, in the he, last day. He had a great day, and then it was all good. It was all good. Oh, also, one last complaint, and then we can move on. Uh, I'm really bummed. I told James this today, I think. I'm really bummed that we didn't get to see the Under Pressure recording. Of all the recordings of songs, we didn't get a David Bowie guy in there recording Under Pressure with them. So I'm bummed about it. I wanted to see that. I thought that was. I thought for sure that would be in the movie. Like for instance, uh, Straight Outta Compton had uh, Lakeith Stanfield play Snoop Dogg for like 45 seconds. Like why? Why didn't we get something like that? Or I don't know who they had play Tupac, but Tupac was in the movie for like what a minute, James? Two minutes? Mm-hmm. So like, why don't we get something like that for David Bowie? Oh well. Guess you can't have it all. Uh. Uh, do you guys want to say anything positive about the movie before we uh, leave? After we have debunked it completely? <laughs> the Live Aid performance is, is, is cool. 
I, I like the way they did it's that. It's cool, but it, I, like it's a tad too long. It's too long. Yeah, it's unnecessary. And also, like you should just watch the real live ape performance on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I get it. It was a great performance, but you don't have to show me the whole Apparently, thing. Apparently, it's like one of the... I didn't know this. I, I mean, I had seen it before, obviously, but I didn't know it was like considered one of the greatest live performances ever. So, yeah. shout-outs to him. I mean, he did... Apparently, like this queen, the super queen fan broke it down on YouTube, and he was like, "Actually, the, this is like the greatest singing performance that Freddie Mercury ever did live." Like, apparently, like he hit like a, like so many high notes in such a short amount of time that it's kind of incredible that he was able to do it. So, that's cool, I guess. Rami Malek wasn't actually cool singing. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think Rami Malek is actually singing anything. <laughs> uh, should we rate it? What's a seventies British breakfast? Uh, tea and biscuit. All right, that's my. That's my rating. <laughs> Mine's gonna be like baked beans, but still in the can. Baked beans in the can. Oh man, that's like you're camping. You went camping and you're eating like you know how like when you camp. Baked beans. Over... That's British breakfast. No, I know, but like Beans. when you go camping, you eat it out of the can. You just put it over the. Yeah, can but over you the like heated. Yeah. Like a you, wooden... We didn't put this can over the fire. You're eating it with a wooden spoon and stuff. James, what do you yeah. got? Hmm. Dang, wow, know. nothing. Yeah, I'm stumped. I, he's not book. eating. It's a cup of coffee. <laughs> fasting. <laughs> fasting. Intermittent fasting. Just. I was gonna say like. English muffin. Okay, that's fine. That's like kind of trumpet. <laughs> that's kind of like old. <laughs> I feel like, but you eat it anyways. I do feel like because with the music, because the stuff inside it is really good. I do feel like with the music and with this perform, like the scenes on stage, that I liked it more than I sound like I liked it. I just. Whenever I found out about the inaccuracy stuff, it was a little bit of a letdown. I mean, I, of course, I expected some of it to be some storylines to be bundled up and stuff, but like it just seems like they manufactured drama in a place where they didn't have to, and that's what bummed me out, honestly. But yeah, you should you should see what uh what type of movie Sasha Baron Cohen wanted to make. Yeah, I'll look that up. Uh, real quick before we depart in this quickie of a podcast, um. I want to know two movies that you guys are looking forward to. Um, yeah, so I'll go first. Uh, I'm really looking forward to um, one second, Widows, which looks awesome, uh, with Viola Davis, directed by Steve McQueen. That movie looks fantastic. I also watched like a 20 minute interview with Steve McQueen, and he is a very interesting guy. Interesting how just uh he's like he's very not I want to say eccentric but he's like heavily opinionated and he has like a very matter of fact way of talking and I kind of it's very refreshing, you know, um, and he's obviously a very successful artist as well, um uh, as aside from his directing and you just he's like one of those guys he's kind of like Tarantino not filmmaking wise but in the sense that they only make like one movie every like couple years so you know that that is gonna be like everything he's got. You know, for right now, like I think the last movie he made was Twelve Years a Slave, which was what four years ago now. Really, was that the last? Thing That's he the made? last movie he directed. Yeah, I saw that with you. Yeah, 
Um, let me see. 12 Years a Slave came out in 2013, so we're five years ago. So I'm. Right. I'm ex- Are you sure you didn't do anything before? I'm fairly certain he hasn't directed anything in between. He has done stuff. Uh, he did do stuff before, yes. He did a uh, shame. And, oh, I saw and, that. And he's good. also done another movie as well. Um, I think he's done, probably done several actually, but widows. Anna, do you have anything else? Like, yeah, we'll do one and then we'll go back around. Wait. I thought we were saying two. Yeah, yeah, we'll do. We'll each do one, and then we'll come back around. Oh, I mean, okay. I have my my two ready. I, I have it. I have my a second two ready one. As well. Okay, I'll just go well, real quick. Just say your second one. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Jeez. Jeez. Relax. <sighs> relax. God, you're gonna break up the band, Anna. Relax. Jeez. Guys, I'm going solo. <laughs> you mean after <laughs> we have already done our solo records? We can't believe this. <laughs> I guess that wouldn't have been as dramatic. I guess that's fair. Like, like, oh yeah, go ahead, Fred. We already done ours. Um, <laughs> Man, these band people are so yeah. nice. Um, my second one is Mary Queen of Scots. I actually listened to a BBC podcast about this person, Mary, the Queen of Scots, from a long time ago, like hundreds and hundreds. Is of that years. the one with Emma Stone? No, it's the one with. Uh, I'm gonna butcher her name. Uh, the girl from. Saoirse Ronan. Yeah, her. And Margaret. <laughs> Big surprise. We're butchering and names. Robbie, they, who plays Queen Elizabeth. Very excited for this movie. It looks uh, to be somewhat accurate, unlike uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. And, um, and I just think that those two are kind of at the peak of their powers. I don't. I mean, obviously, I think they're going to have long careers, but right now they're pretty like hot names in Hollywood. So I'm excited to see them on the same. Uh, you know, same. I don't want to say stage, but you know what I mean? In the same movie. I'm excited about that. Going toe to toe. Cool. Go ahead, James. Yeah, those are two good picks. Um, also Creed, but that's I'm I'm mostly just excited to be back in the Rocky universe. All right. Yeah. <laughs> James, that you took mine. No, go ahead. You did take mine. Let's talk about it. Yeah, so Creed. <laughs> I like the first one. That was cool. This one looks good. Too. I don't think this one will be as. As good as the first one, just because uh, it seems like a little bit more of a Rocky story. Like, he's fighting Drago's son and stuff like that. It seems like a very, like, Rocky franchise, maybe, whereas Creed 1 was, like, just very good. Like, very independent, almost, yeah. of that stuff. So, my second one is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, because oh. I love Spider-Man. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> and I'm going to choose another one, just because Trent took the thunder from my first Cheating. one. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm use it for next year. It's glass. Oh yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm so excited for that. We're all one. pumped. We're all pumped for glass. It's gonna be fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So my two movies are. I'm super excited for uh, At Eternity's Gate, which is what I was just talking about. The William Defoe as Vincent Van Gogh movie. Oh, that looks so good. It looks so good, and it's by the director who did. The Diving Bell and the Butterfly, which I just think is one of the most beautiful movies ever. So I'm super stoked for that one. And then I'm also really looking forward to If Beale Street Could Talk uh, by the director of Moonlight, Barry Jenkins. Mm. Nice. Yes. All right. All good choices. All unmissable. All will probably be reviewed on the Moose Breakfast Podcast at some point. Maybe. We'll see. Um... 
Yeah, Creed I don't think you guys want to go see Spider Man. I was gonna say, we're doing into the Spider Verse. It's like a big movie. It's a big movie. It's just animated. That's all. It's it's big for me though, like because I was big. It's gonna make a lot of money. I think it's gonna make okay money. I'm being realistic here. It'll be fine. Creed Two is gonna make a lot of money. Creed Two is gonna make a lot of money. It's gonna make a lot of money. I need to see Creed One. You do need to see Creed One. Again, I just I. I'm a little concerned, <laughs> that's all, about Creed 2. Not that it will be bad. Don't, don't, don't go with the high expectations. No, 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 I don't have high expectations. Show. I'm just saying not that it's going to be bad, and, like unwatchable, or like not good. I just think it's going to be very rocky formula. Which I'm a... I mean, you... Trent, Trent basically, through his knowledge of Rocky, he is predicting... I'm not predicting. What's, what's going to happen in I'm not the predicting. Movie. The trailer spoils it. They do. They didn't do a very good job cutting that trailer yeah so y'all know that's my biggest pet peeve don't watch the trailer i mean then. they could be misleading like the marvel trailers do but i don't think they're that clever <laughs> no. oh speaking of marvel uh r.i.p to stanley um a creator of a lot of great characters that we've all that we've enjoyed mostly watching on movies i'm, I'm not a huge comic book reader i think james is the biggest comic book reader of all, us three um but he died today at 95 so uh, regards to his family and the people that cared about him. You guys don't want to say anything. All right, cool. Uh, having a moment of silence. All right, that's been that's been movies for breakfast. Um, as always, I'm Trent Johnson. That's James Chris and Anna Bryant, and we will see you at the movies. Bye.